0: Revelations chapter number one. Now, this this message that I'm about to preach to you came to me in a very unusual way. I might tell you about it, and I might not, but nonetheless, here it is. Revelations chapter one, and we're going to read verses one through 3, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things. That he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Verse number nine through 11. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. Was in the aisle that is called Patmos. It really should be was on the aisle, but was in the aisle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, unto Sardis, unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Now one last reading here is in chapter 4. Just a couple of verses here, starting with verse number one. And this, after this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither. and i will show these things which must be hereafter and immediately i was in the spirit and behold the throne was set in heaven and one one sat on the throne want to talk to us for a few moments here about the promise of Patmos. The promise of Patmos. Let's pray one more time and ask that God would bless every life that's in this tabernacle and even beyond. It's being live streamed and even beyond. I don't even know where it's all going, but God bless everybody, bless everybody with the Word of God and the Spirit of God and the reality and the immediacy of your presence and your promises. Let it become a reality in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There is a reason why that much of the miraculous that Jesus operated in required human agency. I have given this an incredible amount of thought, and I have concluded that even I myself am not just a citizen, I have a social security number that was given to me at birth, I have a name that my fleshly parents gave me, but none of that has any bearing on who and what I really am and it has no bearing on what and who you really are. And so the more that you can wean yourself off of those types of identifiable factors, the better off that you will be in the spirit. Because Really, everything that does or does not happen for us personally and maybe even to a certain extent corporately as a congregation cannot happen without the faculty of faith. Which is why there is so much in this world that is trying to assault your faith the only prayer request in the entirety of Scripture outside of John chapter 17 where Jesus prayed for all of his disciples, the only disciple that he prayed for was Peter. And his prayer request was very simple and it was that after he failed and after Satan was allowed to try to get him to utterly backslide, You do know that's when Satan moved in. Satan did not move in around the fire. Satan did not make him deny Jesus. Satan moved in and tried to get Peter to throw away the keys, disregard a revelation. And Jesus saw the one factor that's holding it all together was his faith. You and I are no different here today. It is our faith. How do you get more faith? The Bible talks about building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, not just walking around with some carnal repetitions. And I I realize that all of us, especially when, in a public setting but when you really get down to business with God you should you should not stop praying until you have gotten into the holy ghost because the residual effect of you walking away from that is like is like working out at the gym there's going to be there's going to be a residual effect of you getting more faith, you're getting stronger so you can believe that what God is telling you he will do, he will perform. This is a incredible context of Scripture here today. Um... John, the Revelator, that's how we identify him, is banished to an island that is part of an archipelago in the Aegean Sea that was reserved for troublemakers in the Roman Empire, most notably murderers and hideous and he in his crimes, there is a new Caesar who's, in a departure from Nero, who took delight in torturing and killing Christians, there was a new Caesar that just believed in banishing people to places where they would probably die in exile. John the Revelator is on such a place. Patmos is only mentioned one time in all of Holy Writ. It's mentioned in verse 9 of chapter 1 of the book of Revelation. It is a a dreadful place. There is not one tree that exists on Patmos. It is essentially a rock. It's a lot like Alcatraz. You You can't swim off of it. There is no escape unless somebody has just made a wrong turn. You're not going to see a boat show up. There's nowhere to land a boat. And so he is banished here to this barren, seemingly God-forsaken place. He is the last of the apostles He was the youngest of all of the apostles. Most of the books that are written in the New Testament were written between 45 and 65 A.D. Or if you're a modernist, C.E., which stands for Common Era. But the book of Revelation was not penned until at least A.D. 90. I've got a little paperback book that was written by a guy that used to have a radio program called The Voice of Prophecy, Dr. Stuart McBurney. He wrote a book on um, the search for the 12 apostles, and I kind of am- amused when I read the book. I just read it as a new convert. And some of the predicaments that that befell um, some of the apostles is... You have to shake your head. There's absolutely no verifiable proof at all. We do have verifiable proof. We know that James was taken by the edge of the sword because it says that in Acts chapter number eight. We do know that Paul met his demise. We know that Peter met his demise, but there was more than several that some historians and biblical commentators have tried to fill in the blanks. For example, one guy supposedly was... was. Um, skinned alive in India. Um, other guys were boiled in oil. In fact, that's where they say that John the Revelator was, um, they attempted to boil him alive in oil, and he survived. And because they survived, they banished him. That is not verifiable historically or biblically. It's just It's just lore. But we do know that John was there. And we do believe that he was quite possibly the last living apostle. We do know that he did not stay on Patmos. That's, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but he did not stay on Patmos. We do know that he actually visited Ephesus. Um, Ephesus is a absolute incredible congregation. Um that leaps off of Bible pages, and John is recorded to having gone there. Um, as I've already mentioned, Dominatius, who was the new Roman Caesar, banished him to a place for nothing more than being a witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of things that we can denounce. There's a lot of things that we can and should renounce. But there's one thing that you and I will never escape. We are witnesses of the truth. In fact, I think we ought to take a minute right now and just praise him. He called me out of darkness. Instead of dying from a drug overdose, he called me to be a pastor. You don't think I'm going to confess him before this world? I owe him everything I've got. And so John is there. He is banished to this rock. It is his smartphone. The battery didn't go dead. He didn't have a smartphone. He didn't have any of the things that we have become so acclimated and used to in our lives that we just feel like we've suffered a death if we don't have them. But he's there. And he's all by himself. And there is very uh, primitive, third-dimensional shrubbery. There's ground cover that's there, but there are no trees. There's nothing to accumulate and build a fire or build a, a, an abode or build a place for safety. It's just it's just it's just sand and rock, and maybe some animals. But the Book of Revelation, which is unquestionably the greatest. Revelation in the entirety of the Word of God needed a particular backdrop. And I'm already preaching. It required a context. It required a backdrop. It required an, a form of existence so that this principle that I'm going to preach about today can have the type of importance and relevance in your life. Hallelujah. Peter died in A.D. 64. Paul died in A.D. 69. James died in 44 A.D and John the revelator is still alive. He's all alone. No form of escape. No hope of escape. I don't know what he ate. I don't know where he stayed, but it was probably a hard scrabble existence where he just just did the best that he could. But it was against the backdrop of utter isolation an absolute barrenness an absolute emptiness that the greatest revelation in the new testament is revealed because i believe that there is a principle that echoes through the whole of the Word of God that is very much alive in this room today. Brother um, Jordan Oswald, thank you for confirming this message in your preliminary remarks during the worship service. But under the sound of my voice, there are people that are in various predicaments of life. Um these are not predicaments that are that are made public this is usually in the very in the in the confines of our, our private existence but there are people under the sound of my voice even beyond this room here today that have a myriad of situations and experiences where you're a lot like John on Patmos you feel you feel alone you feel isolated it is barren it is. It is. You don't know how you're going to live beyond this. You 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 may be able to connect a few dots and say, "Well, I got here uh, because of this," but I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. And I'm here, and it's it's cold, and it's dark, and it's lifeless. And and there are enemies on this little aisle. There are murders. There are known uh, people that were that were on Patmos. John was not um, alone. He might have been on this in this little patch. He might have found a place where there was no other people. But there there were criminals that were there. It was not the righteous. It was not a gathering of godly people. It was not uh, it was not the congregation of the firstborn and a a great of angels it was a it was a lonely isolated empty place but the reality of it is is there are people under the sound of my voice that are on their own Patmos but I have come to this place today to preach to you that you are not alone on Patmos and that's why I talked about faith Because nothing's going to happen in your world. Nothing's going to happen in your life. Nothing's going to happen until we are able to distance ourselves from all of the things that are trying to separate us from the belief that in him I move and breathe and have my being. Clap your hands and give God the praise. I want to send notice to the devil here today. You might have had yesterday, but you can't have today. Clap your hands and give God some real praise around here. Come on, let's create an environment to where faith can be built. And you can begin to lay your hand on the miraculous and an answer that God has for you in this room today. The very first thing that John did was he got into the spirit. And, ladies and gentlemen, the longer you live in your flesh, you're going to see the problem the exact way it's always looked as long as we continue to walk in carnality and i'm not i'm not here to point a finger at anybody but i'm i am here to identify some factors so we can once and for all deal with them and get the get the get the thing that god wants to give us here today are you willing to ride with me are you willing to go there with me did you just want to go somewhere and have a little religious exercise or do you want to know that pastor i'm in a place that's lonely i'm in a place that's isolated i need help i'm crying out i'm telling you God's got your answer, but you're going to have to get in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. Clap your hand and give God the praise. Come on, let's take a few minutes and get into the Holy Ghost today. Maybe you didn't come to the prayer room. Maybe it's been months since you've been in the prayer room, but you're going to have to say, I can't wait on everybody else. I'm going to have to get in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to have to get in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. Pastor, why do, you, why do you make a big deal about people going to the prayer room? So we can get into the Spirit on the Lord's Day. You're, you're in the wrong church of thinking that we're, we're trying to build unity for conformity. That's a, that's a human discipline of, of a denomination. That's not what we're doing here. What I want you to do is get in the Spirit so you can be what God wants you to be. What I want you to do is get in the Holy Ghost so that you and I can carry the promises of God with yea and amen and a faith that miracles are for us today and signs and wonders are ours today and everything in that book belongs to you and I. The first thing John did was got into the spirit. He said, man, I can't play a game on my smartphone. I can't reach for my smartphone. Did you know they're, they're starting to say that the average smartphone owner is all, if you accumulate all the time that they're looking to see who just texts me or who, who likes one of my deals on, on Facebook, is seven hours a day. We ought to balance this out and at least get in the Holy Ghost for an hour a day and say, you know what, I don't need that thing. That thing's not going to heal me. That thing's not going to fix my problem. That thing's not going to deliver me. That thing's not going to take me to heaven. That's not going to encourage. Come on, somebody. My God, I feel it already here today. Let's exalt him. Let's get some redemptive lift here today. Well, Pastor, you just don't know where I'm at. I don't got to know where you're at. God knows where you're at. The promise of Patmos is that when you don't feel nothing and you don't see nothing and it's barren and I'm isolated, And all I feel like doing is whining and crying. I'm trying to give you an answer. That why would you waste your Patmos when God has a promise for your Patmos? Why would you waste where you are when against the backdrop of utter loneliness and absolute barrenness, and absolute people don't like me, and the government doesn't like me, and this people doesn't like me, and they don't like me, and they tried to stone me over here, and they tried to get rid of me over here, and now here I am, and I'm here for doing the will of God. I'm going to tell you, this will work even if you're there because it's self-induced. Psalm 107 with the nation of Israel. They cried unto the Lord, and the Lord delivered them out of their miseries. Blessed be the name of the Lord that liveth forever and ever. Fools, because of their transgressions, are oppressed. Fools are re- rebels. But when men cried unto the Lord, he delivered them out of their situation. I don't even care if it's my God. I feel to preach right now. You might be there because you've been doing stupid things. But as long as you got enough sense to say, God, I need you today. God, I want you today. God, I'm done with the nonsense. God, I'm done with my sin. God, I'm done with my rebellion. God, I'm done with my iniquity. God, I'm done with my unbelief. Clap your hands and give him praise. He'll bring you out with a strong hand. He'll bring you out. He'll rebuke the devourer. Woo! You know where God gave me this message? I'm going to tell you where God gave me this message. A week ago Friday... was the funeral for one of the greatest preachers of the 21st century. Saturday morning was his grave site service. It was invitation only. My wife and I were there with many others, but we were there. On Saturday afternoon, I said, you know what, I'm going to go to the church and get ready for Sunday. And I started praying at East Bay Bible Fellowship. And God raked back the covering and said, I've got a promise even on Patmos. And on Sunday, one week ago today, no, 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 one day after the gravesite service, there was a first-time visitor that went down in the name of Jesus. There were two or three other people that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The entire church was praying and getting a breakthrough. I'm telling you, I don't like Patmos, and you don't like Patmos. But did it ever dawn on you God's got a blessing for your Patmos, and God's got a revelation? to have to wean yourself off 21st century living. You're going to have to wean yourself off all the creature comforts of our carnality. We're going to have to wean ourselves in the end time. Of all of these little things that are propping us up. And when we do, and we realize I'm here because I've been doing the will of God. I am here because I've been standing for Jesus. I am here because I've been lifting up the name of Jesus. Then God comes in and says, I got the greatest revelation that your life has ever seen. And you're going to get off this rock and you're coming to the third heaven. Come on, somebody. Clap your hands and give God the praise. God's got your blessing today. God's got your word today. God's got your way out today. But you're gonna have to exercise your faith and get in the spirit. (laughs) Pastor, you preach that? A day after their burial service? Yeah, because that's what God told me to preach. There will still be some crying. There will still be some sorrow. There will still be some tears. But God's saying, what about tomorrow? Some of you still ain't got it. You're thinking, well, I'm, I'm right where I deserve to be. I don't hope to get out of this. I don't, ever, I don't expect to ever run the aisles. I don't ever expect to be blessed in a certain way. I rebuke that mentality. If you can get in the spirit and look back at the flesh and say, you ain't holding me back any longer. You're not holding me down anymore. You're not holding me in the clutches of negativity anymore. God's got a blessing. God's got a vision. God's got a revelation. Clap your hands and give him praise. Come on, let's pray. Let's push. Let's press. Somebody get into the spirit today. Let's take a moment and pray. Come on, let's take a moment and pray. Everybody lift your hand. Everybody press through. Everybody break through. I've got to get in the Holy Ghost today. Why be depressed when there's somebody who needs the Holy Ghost today? Why be depressed when God's got a victory for somebody today? Why be miserable when God's got a touch for somebody? I'm gonna get in the spirit on the Lord's day. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna shout. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna live for God. God knew right where John was. The only thing that John really had to do was get into the spirit. Everything was already waiting on him. Everything, his answer was waiting on him. His redemptive lift was waiting on him. His change of elevation was waiting on him. God could have given this revelation on the backside of a desert. He chose not to. God could have given this revelation on the backside of Galatia. Didn't choose to do that. God could have given this revelation on the outskirts of Rome, just several feet from the Pax Romana, which was the greatest road system of that time and that day. God didn't choose to do that. God waited until... You can't escape. You're not getting off this rock. You're all by yourself. I'm reaching for somebody. I've started to realize in my own life, even as the pastor, that I can see where this thing's going. And I'm realizing some of the things that we've enjoyed may not always be around. But that's okay. I'm still going to have a prayer life. I'm still going to lift my hands. I'm still going to lift my voice. I'm still going to magnify his name. I still know where to find his word. I still know how to get on my knees. I still know his address. I still know how to call on my name. I still know how to get a hold of his ever unchanging hand. I still know how to call on the name of the God that created it all. Through the entirety of the word of God. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. This is in First Corinthians chapter number 10. First Corinthians chapter number 10 is a New Testament commentary on the nation of Israel coming out of Egyptian bondage. God had just proved to the nation of Israel that I am going to make a way of escape. And yet, even after the incredible demonstration of God's power, God's promises and the prophetical, they still murmured and complained. They still gave themselves to idolatry and fornication. And so this commentary in First Corinthians chapter number 10, God is saying, "You don't need to sin. We don't need a golden calf. We don't need fornication. We don't need to go back to Egypt. What we need to do is stand still and call on the name of Jesus because right here is his promise. <laughs> Babylonian captivity. was by far the most negative chapter in the history of the nation of Israel where they were exiled in Babylon. So here they are. They've hung their harps in the willow. They're in Babylonian captivity, and what happens? God gives Daniel the greatest revelation of the entire Old Testament about the future, about the present and the future of the nation of Israel. What is it? The times of the Gentiles. God gave a revelation And he first gave a revelation by allowing Daniel to interpret a dream. Nebuchadnezzar had had a dream, a horrible-looking dream. And he did not. He got all of his magicians. He got all of his soothsayers. He got all of his palm readers. He got all of the jokers on YouTube. None of them could interpret the dream. He gets one guy that's there that's in captivity. And God empowers Daniel to interpret his dream. And the interpretation of the dream was was that that Babylon that Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon had a shelf life they were only going to exist in leadership for a predetermined period of time after that it was just going to go to the breastplate after that it was going to be uh the girdle which would have been uh Alexander the Great with Greece and then it was going to be the the ten-toed kingdom of the Roman Empire and finally God said not only is this the interpretation of a dream This is where the nation of Israel is. That you're going to be under Babylon, you are going to be under Gentile captivity until the second return of Jesus Christ. The Jews never understand that. They still to this day do not understand that because in Acts chapter 1 verse number 6, they came to Jesus and said, will thou at this time, Will you now bring the kingdom back to the nation of Israel? They didn't understand. No, you're under the times of the Gentiles. That was given. Where was it given? Was it given on a mountaintop? No. Was it given in the promised land? No. Was it given when they had when they had manna falling on the, on their on their chin? No. It was given in Babylonian captivity. No matter how dark your night is, no matter how bad your prison is, God has a revelation for you that will blow your mind if you will get in the spirit. Somebody clap your hands. Somebody go ahead and shout. I hope you're listening today. I hope you understand. God's not going to waste your loneliness. God's not going to waste your isolation. God's not going to waste the barrenness. He's waiting on you to get into the Spirit. Come on, clap your hands. Get into the Holy Ghost. Somebody praise him. Somebody exalt him. Somebody! Let's just take a moment and let's get into the Holy Ghost. Let's just lift our hands. Let's just take a few moments and pray. God's got your word today. If you're really listening. Come on, let's get into the spirit on the Lord's day. Hallelujah Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, translate us into the kingdom of your dear son today. God, I want to get into the Spirit. I'm so tired and bored of what the flesh has to say. As I search through Scripture and I look through the lens of the promise of Patmos, I am amazed. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's sometimes I get a message from God, and it may, take, it may take weeks to bring it to fruition. I do some digging. I do some praying. I ruminate, masticate, chew on it real good, maybe even regurgitate. I'm trying to see if you're still awake out there, Okay. But this message last week, God just raked back the covering. I am amazed what kind of predicaments God will let His people get into. Oh, brother, I thought God loved me. God does love you. God trusts you. There is nothing in this world. Worse than somebody that's not trustworthy. You ain't got no use for him, and I don't either. Man, it's quiet right now. Good. It means you're listening. God trusts you. I am amazed at some of the predicaments that some of God's people find themselves in, in the Word of God. Here's Daniel. He's praying three times a day. You know that scripture that says praying always? We're supposed to outdo Daniel. And I believe you can. You know, if you get into the Holy Ghost first thing in the morning, you will pray all day long. It might be, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I just scratched my knuckle. Thank you, Jesus. You know, just sure. They're repossessing my house. Praise God. No, I'm just kidding. You are awake. I'm just checking. Okay. You know what I'm saying, though. You get into the Holy Ghost, the earlier in the day you get in the Holy Ghost, the more that day can be given to God. I'm going to say that again because it was so good. It's like that turkey bone we're going to get on Thursday. We're just going to keep chewing on that same bone, Elder. Hallelujah. Friday, we're going to have turkey bone soup. My grandfather used to have turkey dressing pancakes. He was, a, he was a denominational man. It had, but yeah, something going on there. Turkey, gravy, pancakes. Brother, you must have been deprived as a child to think that that is good. All right, Daniel's praying three hours a day. You know what he does, Brother Jake? He opens up the winders. And ladies and gentlemen, that's how they talk down in Florida. The reason why I know that is because Brother Wesley Stone said, Now, Pastor, right out that winder, I looked at him. Winder. Winder. You see out that winder? Yow! Daniel opened up his windows three times a day and started praying. He wanted that old devil to know, you know what? I might be in Babylon, but you can't get my prayer life. I'm trying to resurrect somebody here today that's about to have a grave site on Patmos. And God says, wait, wait, wait. You're right where I want you. You're right where I want to give this revelation. You're right where I want to give this promise. You're right where I want to give this to you. Clap your hands and give him praise. The God of eternity is waiting for the right context. You may be seated. You may be seated. They've already had a change of hands in Babylon. It's no longer Nebuchadnezzar, it's now King Darius. Oh, great King Darius. Can we get you to sign this decree, what you guys presenting to me now? Well, there's one of these captives that we brought here from Jerusalem that is praying to a strange God. And we're trying to shut him down, but we're sneaking it in front of you as a decree that anybody that's caught praying will be thrown into a den of lions. We're not even talking about the fiery furnace for not bowing when the world plays their music. (sighs) We haven't even got to that one yet. I'm saying that God is waiting for a crisis context in your life. God, where are you? Get into the spirit. Get into the spirit. Well, Pastor, that's that's just too simplistic. I need something. I need something that's theologically fascinating, so I can I can get into the Holy Ghost. All right, where do I sign, boys? Uh, all right, now get out of here. Very next day. Those windows are swung wide open, and there's a guy praying in there. He's praying to the God that allowed the Babylonians to take him out of his homeland. See, my present circumstance ain't going to change how much I love God. All that miserable junk that I did to him didn't change his mind about, oh, I am preaching so good right now. We love him because he, Daniel come with us, what did I do? You've been praying, that's what you've been doing. And because the devil is always personified as a roaring lion, the devil wants to, Him to stop praying permanently. So they put him in a lion's den. Go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 33. Who through faith. Everybody got faith? Remember what I said earlier today? Faith is what is under assault in your life. Not your creature comforts. It's your faith. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises. Say it all together. Say it again. I threw Daniel in there, rolled the stone. And those guys are feeling pretty good about themselves. (laughs) Well, we've heard the last of his prayers. I am amazed, Brother Wokey, by some of the predicaments that God will allow his people to find themselves God knew that when you put this guy in with a bunch of lions, he's not going to wring his hands and look for a Ouija board. He's going to start calling on the name of him that knows all things and does all things well. And when they rolled that stone, they said, oh, my goodness, look at this. The lions, oh, look at little Leo down here, just rubbing behind the ear and stroking the lions. And somebody go ahead and clap your hands. If you get to praying, God will let you see how powerful it is. Come on, somebody, keep praying. It's more powerful than you even realize. Well, nothing's happening, and God ain't done it yet, so I guess I'm going to give up. Paul and Silas, Acts chapter 15, they're about to go into Asia Minor, and they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost. Don't take another step. Paul said, okay, God's going to reroute us. That night he had a dream. There was a man from Macedonia that was in this dream that said, come over and help us. So the very next day, Paul and Silas, they start making their way towards Macedonia. No bombs going off, no great hundred soul revivals, just living for God, having a prayer meeting by the river but they find themselves in a Philippian jail. The Bible said that they were made fast in the stocks. What that simply means is we can't move our hands, we can't move our feet, we can't move. The Bible had to add that this is why I knew that God was trying to get this point across to me. And at midnight, why not 8 p.m.? Why not 3 a.m.? Why not during the fourth watch between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m.? At midnight. Because midnight has a connotation to it. It's late. Most normal people have been sleeping since the sun went down. Warm milk and fuzzy slippers. Make your way to bed. But here it is at midnight. And Paul says, hey. Let's start singing a few songs. We'll do some praising. I'm amazed. The kind of predicaments that God allows his people to get into. I am preaching to people under the sound of my voice. That God has sent me here today to get you to get rid of your complaining, get rid of your, get rid of your crying, get get rid of your wringing of your hands, and start praying right where you're at. Here's Paul and Silas. They are in bonds. They got beaten. They're in stock. They're in the inner prison. They can't move. They can't do anything. Hey, we can still move our mouths. Let's start praising God and give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise his name. And the prisoners heard him. What's going on out there? The dude in the dream is in cell, another 10, and all of a sudden the door swings open and they have a jailbreak because of some people that were in a place that was cold. They were isolated. There's no way out. Clap your hands to give God the praise. The promise of patness. Somebody lift your voice. This is your answer. It's up to you when you want to start doing it. But the sooner you start praying, instead of complaining, God has your answer. Come on, let's take a minute and give him praise. Come on, Silas. Go ahead and praise him. Come on, Paul. Go ahead and lift your voice like a trumpet. The jailer is going to get baptized. The prisoners are going to get loose. Everybody's going to get free when the apostolics, when the apostolics stop complaining and start praising. I'm amazed that God waits till the context gets just right in a person's life. And then he does his most extraordinary work. I about flew out of my chair a month ago when Brother brother Jacob Phillips was preaching on blind man Bartimaeus because it fits right in this. This guy's been blind since birth. He is the only one that's calling on the name of Jesus. Everybody else is saying, quit it, stop silence down. He ain't got time for you. He's already moved past. You quit it. You ain't going to get nothing. Jesus, thou son of David, Jesus said, stop. He's the only guy that's not complaining. When you go from complaining and criticizing to calling on the name of Jesus, that's when the miracle comes. Come on, I'm waiting on somebody. Well, pastor, I've been this way for months and nothing's ever going to change. That's exactly what your flesh wants you to think. But your faith has got to say, it didn't happen today, but I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep on praising. I'm going to keep on worshiping. I'm going to keep on fighting the lions. I'm going to keep exalting. His name. Somebody praise him. Come on, God's got a promise even on Padmas. Daniel stopped the mouths of lions. Paul and Silas created a jailbreak. Go to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse number 18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. A place that was totally contradictory and in utter contrast to his nature. Go to the next verse. By which also he went and preached. Daniel prayed. Paul and Silas praised. Jesus went to hell and preached. Absolute 180 degrees in contrast to his divine nature. But when he got to hell, he said, give me those keys. (laughs) I ain't staying here. And I'm going to preach to every one of these spirits that are in prison. Come on, somebody. You can preach your way out of your prison. You can praise your way out of your prison. You can pray your way out of your prison. God's not going to change the context. You need to behave correctly. Somebody give him praise. God's got a revelation on your Padmoth. You see, Brother Sinchetta, the church in the 21st century, we got credit cards. I knew these credit card companies were, had lost their mind when they pre-approved my 14-year-old son. Hadn't even had a job yet except for cutting the lawn and taking out the garbage. I mean, he's, he's a great employee. But at 14 years of age... His mother and I opened up an envelope and he was pre approved with a Visa credit card. I thought, man. See, our world has learned. But when you get in your lion's den, that credit card ain't gonna do you no good. When you get in that prison house, Brother Corey, ain't nothing gonna do you any good. It's no time to go back to the bar. It's no time to find a place up on that little bar stool. It's no time to get back on psychotropic drugs. It's no time to go back to the psychiatrist. It's no time to go and get some marijuana. It's no time to get on pornography. It's time to start praying and say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. Right back in there, somebody give him praise. You're gonna wait till the context And you're going to remember this message because God's going to come through and God's going to shake that place and God's going to give you a revelation. Somebody give him praise right now. I'll never forget your pastor... And this beautiful woman right here, I could listen to her sing all day. Well, I can't help it, honey. On Tuesday night, I talked about how good, when she makes a tuna fish sandwich, it's better than any restaurant in town. You weren't here Tuesday night, so I'm saying it again. That's what love does. Love, love does something to your taste buds. You guys way over there, you don't understand what I'm saying yet, but love does something to your taste buds. We're, we're home missionaries. You don't think we got into some hairy situations? There wasn't, there wasn't nobody at headquarters with a blank check to help out this missionary. I'm just waiting for your call. Man, we couldn't hardly, we couldn't even get a bank loan when we first started talking about a building. But whether I was in a den of lions or whether I felt I was in a prison or the devil tried to back me up and made me feel like my life was in hell, he already knew I taught him well. You back me up, I'm going to preach my way out of this, and I'll take some people with me because Jesus led captivity captive. He said, we're kicking down the door, and we're going to have revival, and I gave gifts unto men. Somebody needs to shout. Somebody needs to praise him. Somebody. We ain't got time for some limp-wristed halfway Pentecostal deal. It's for men. It's for prayer. It's for praise. It's for preaching. I'll never forget this as long as I live. You may be seated. This is the only story I'll share with you because this ain't about me. But I'll never forget me walking out the door, and I thought, man, just about out the door. And my wife said, Honey, I got $3,000 worth of bills sitting here. And I'm thinking, What do you want me to do? <laughs> I was almost out the door. Honey, I got $3,000 worth of bills sitting on that table right there. Felt like saying thanks for ruining my prayer life today. No, she can tell you what I said. I said, All right, I'm going to the church to pray. I slammed the door. Not because I was mad, but I just closed it. Kind of hard. I slammed it. I said, in your face, devil. And I got to the church. It was quiet. I was isolated. I was all by myself. I'm 1500 miles from my church where I got saved, people that loved me. While I was praying, somebody knocked on my door. My wife answered the phone, or answered the door. And they said I need God told me I need to pay my tithes and bring it over. It $3,000. Go ahead and clap your hands. Go ahead and praise him. I'm trying to help you today understand that where you're at is no secret. God knows all about it. But God's saying, if I can get your attitude adjusted, if I can get you praying, if I can get you praising, if I can get you to recite the word of God and preach your way out of it, then I've got a revelation in Patmos. You may be seated. There's some problems that God is going to allow just to see if you'll go back to stuff. And if you do, you need to hit this altar and say, Father, forgive me. I know this is not the answer. Forgive me in my weakness. And the next time it comes around, this is exactly what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience once your obedience is fulfilled, once you have repented, and the next time that spirit comes along, you say, "Uh uh-huh. I've been waiting on you, except this time we're going on a three-day fast, and I'm going to be at prayer early, and I'm going to be running the aisles, and I'm here to prove to God I am not a doper. I am not an alcoholic. I am not incorrigible. I am not disobedient. I am not rebellious. I love him more than anything in the—come on, clap him. Give him praise. Lift him up. Exalt him. He Somebody on Patmos. You're going to get a revelation. If you can get in the spirit. Just remain standing. Once you He got in the spirit. He heard a voice behind him. I can go through everything. I can face anything if I know that God's behind me. Let's lift our hands. God is just waiting for you to get into the Holy Ghost, retire the complaining, the criticism, the self-rejection, the self-power and pity cannot coexist, and say, you know what, I'm changing things up this time. I'm going to get my revelation on Patmos. I'm going to get my promise in a prison. I'm going to shut the mouths of lions in a prayer meeting. And I'm going to preach my way out of this and lead captivity captive and take some people with me. He got in the spirit. He heard a voice behind him. And then he heard a voice above him, and he was invited to come up higher. Let's lift our hands, and let's give him praise. That God that rescued Daniel, that rescued Paul, that rescued any number of a million saints across the Fruited Plain, that learned a long time ago that the answer is always prayer and the answer is always calling on the name of the Lord and the answer is always going to his word. Brother Jordan, I'd like the musicians to come. Come on, let's continue to praise him right now. God's got a promise for your Patmos Let's lift our hands again, and let's exalt him. This is the part of the service where I need to respond, not just take in, not just absorb. The spirit world needs to see a response. people under the sound of my voice in all kinds of situations in all kinds of predicaments on all kinds of different kinds of places of loneliness and isolation, barren no victory, no strength, no nothing today is the day it all changes Let's lift our hands and give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Let's thank him for his word today. Let's thank him for the word of God. Let's give him praise. Thank you, Jesus, for the word. A genuine apostolic church gets direction every week. You know what? There may be somebody that says, I just don't want to wait. I need to get to that altar. You just come on. In fact, this altar is open right now. Come on. Bring somebody with you. They they may not even feel like they want to come. They might just feel like, you know what, I I can't move. I can't do this. I can't. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. When we come down here, let's lift our hands. When we come down here, let's find that place of prayer. When we come down here, let's find that place of of exalting the name of Jesus and give him real praise. God has a promise for your patness. God has a revelation for your parents. God has a way out. Let this place be